All right. While you're getting ready to get into the Word with me, why don't you look at your neighbor and ask them, are you always this cool or are you just having a great hair day? Go ahead and ask them. Great hair day. Great hair day, right? Any of you guys out there like me remember those great hair days? Any remember? Yeah? Hey, we're in a series called Treasure. We're called Treasure. And we're going to talk today about the treasures of grace. There's some things that are really true about grace, and we're going to find out some of those things today. Jesus called the kingdom of God the greatest treasure. It was a treasure that's worth more than life itself. And uh, we're going to open this treasure chest of salvation throughout the remainder of the month and pray that the Holy Spirit allows us to tap into an understanding of what Paul meant when he called a relationship with Jesus Christ the incomparable riches of God's grace. What did he do for us? Why did he do it? How does God bring us to a place where we can experience the riches of what Jesus died to freely give us? And then as we experience it, what now? Where do we go from that point? What is our purpose now as individual believers and as a church? And then what is to come? I love the line in this, one of the songs we sang today that talked about the coming of the Lord, and I heard a crescendo of applause uh, happen in here. And man, that just got my heart stirred up, because it's true. Jesus is coming back again. We're going to cover these things throughout August in our series, Treasure. And we're going to one small letter in the New Testament written by Paul to a young pastor named Titus who lived in a place called Crete. And there is a passage of Scripture in that letter that, that is a beautiful passage describing grace, describing salvation. And we're going to look there week after week after week in this series called Treasure. Chapter 2, verse 11, Paul says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, the King James add, when the kindness and love of God our Savior, uh, I'm sorry, when the kindness and love of God for man appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Would you join me in prayer one more time this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you. We hunger and thirst for your presence. As Jesus said, you are life itself, eternal life. I ask you to please open the eyes of our hearts today to the truth about your loving kindness for all people. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word, O Lord. So please anoint our hearts and eyes, our ears, so that we can tap into the treasures of your grace by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. 
What appeared in the world? Grace. Grace is the unearned favor of God on people, for people, all people, red, yellow, black, white, gay, straight, religious, religiousless, Pharisees, tax collectors, prostitutes, and Puritans, lepers and losers, liars and thieves, princes and prophets, hypocrites and haters. Grace appeared, appeared in a body. Jesus of Nazareth, touched by God with an unlimited blessing of the Holy Spirit, filled with passionate love and kindness for all people. He came to save us. Grace appeared, touching, lifting, loving, and giving himself. Grace in a man, in a person, Jesus. Jesus told the world, all the world, that God loved them and wanted them. And he even proved it. To the leper who came to him and said, if you want to, you can heal me. And Jesus moved with compassion, wrapped him up in himself and said, I want to be healed. The woman caught in the act. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. That's grace in all of its fullness. Grace appeared. Grace is the unearned, unmerited love and kindness of God offered without you or I having anything to do with it. We're just called to receive Him. We're called to receive it. God wants us to need it. God is working so you and I will need grace and want grace, know it, ask for it, and experience it. Grace appeared, appeared, and that's the treasure. This is what attracted people who had no desire to go to synagogue on Sabbath. This is the treasure offered to those who had given up. This is what attracted people who thought God had given up on them. Who thought they could never measure up, so they gave up. Then grace appeared. Heaven opened up its treasure chest and came down to us in a man. The grace of God appeared. We're loved by God, so we can pursue the love God has for us. But it will cost you. It will cost you everything. It's free, but it costs you everything. Sell everything and buy that field. It's worth it. Say no to ungodliness and worldly desires, not by willpower, not by peer pressure, not by the religious right or the religious left. But let grace take hold of your heart and lead you out so you can say no to ungodliness and worldly desires by the power of His love holding your hand, leading you out of death into His marvelous light 
That's what grace does. I said, that's what grace does. So let's dive into the truths of the treasures of grace. There are things I treasure. There are things you treasure. I think the greatest treasures are the people in your life. The greatest memories are memories you share with the people you treasure. Am I right? And you know what else I love? God can create moments where people are included in those moments, and prior to that moment, you didn't really treasure them, but because you share a moment, you start to treasure them. Have you found that out to be true? That's something great about God, right? You you come into these new circles with people that you had nothing in common with before until Jesus filled both of your lives. And then... They become a treasure. There are people who mean more to some than to others simply because they're bonded in blood, bonded in life connections, bonded through hard times and good times. But I want to tell you about something greater than that. Here's the difference between man's bonds with man and God's bonds with man God treasures everybody. Grace is that way for everybody. Here's why. The Lord is bonded to every human being who has blood in their veins. And because this is the case, He came in grace and offers salvation to everybody. Treasure. He found a treasure hidden in the field. People with blood created by him, blood-kinned. Kindness isn't a shallow word. It's a blood word. It's a covenant loyalty to those you are bonded in blood with. You're kind to people you're bonded to in relationship with. And Jesus was God in the flesh, died for the whole world because we were in the field, And for the joy set before him, Jesus died for us, rose again. And what was the joy before him? The glory of God. And you know what the glory of God is? God getting back those he loves. God getting back those he loves. Back into his heart. Grace has appeared to all people, offering salvation to all mankind. That's the treasure. The treasure of heaven is open for all who have eyes to see. And whoever is in this world who receives the good news, their soul can be set free. Grace. Here's a treasure that we should treasure about grace. Ready? Treasure your acceptance in Christ. Treasure your acceptance in Christ. Grace means God accepts us warmly and welcomes us warmly. One of the major ingredients in the DNA of the LOH church is acceptance. When I share uh, in a membership class some components about the LOH church, I talk about our DNA. D stands for healthy discipleship. N stands for nurturing community. And A, I love them all, but A, it stands for a climate of acceptance. 
God wants all of His people to feel a climate of acceptance in His presence. Right? Isn't that amazing? And we want you to feel accepted when you're here. We also want you to feel accepted when you're not. When we're together, when we're apart, you're accepted. God wants us to treasure our acceptance with Him. God wants us to treasure that. Why? How is it possible for us to do that? Because God created a climate of acceptance for every person who is in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, I will never turn them away. That's acceptance. Watch this verse. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. I don't have time to go into it, but that word mercy in the New Testament, if you track it back to its Old Testament roots, it is all about loving kindness, the hesed of God, the, the covenant word in blood loyalty. A climate of acceptance in Christ. And God wants us to treasure our acceptance in Christ. One of my favorite authors is Max Licato, and he wrote a lot of books. One of them I like, it's called I Never Knew That Was in the Bible. And he talks about this acceptance. He says this about God. He sees our defects, errors, and blemishes, but he also sees our value. What did Jesus know that enabled him to do what he did? Here's part of the answer. He knew the value of people. He knew that each human being is a treasure, and because he did, people were not a source of stress but a source of joy. I heard a guy one time complaining after he'd been in the ministry for a while and got burned. He said, I could really be passionate about the ministry if I didn't have to deal with people. <laughs> I love the whole wide world like God, just nobody I hang around. But other than that, yeah, that's when you need a new dose of the grace of God. It's a climate of acceptance. See, we fear if people really knew us, they, would, they might not accept us. No. God accepts us even after the reveal. Whether we voluntarily reveal or whether something causes the reveal to happen and we didn't want it to, God accepts us after. The greatest relief in the whole world is to know you and I are accepted in the circle of the real church. I got one amen on that. Let's try it again. The greatest relief, and I pay him, he's on staff. The greatest relief in the whole world is to know you and I are accepted in the circle of the real church. Accepted in Christ. Even after... They find out our goods and our not-so-goods and our great, big, ugly bads. A climate of acceptance. Why? Because the grace of God has appeared, offering salvation to all. And He saved us, not because of the righteous things we did, but because of His blood kindness, His mercy. It's like Arthur said to Lancelot. Arthur said, God uses people like you, Lancelot, 
Because your heart is open, you hold nothing back. You give all of yourself. And Lancelot says, if you knew me better, you would not say such things. And Arthur says, oh, hey, I take the good with the bad together. I can't love people in slices. And neither does Jesus. But it's only in the power of affirming grace that we can become what we could never be. It's only in grace that you can become what you could never be. God loves us the way we are, but loves us too much to allow us to stay that way. So, in Christ, in Christ, in acceptance, listen, in Christ, some of you are saying, well, yeah, but what about sin? What about sin? What about sin? I finally, I finally come to, to, to fulfill your, your itch. Scratch it. Listen. In Christ, in acceptance, he leads us to get gut honest. In acceptance, he leads us into change that comes as we let go of what binds us because we're safe in the arms of Jesus. Then we can give our whole trust, and I call it in scary vulnerability, to the one who will never give up on us or give us over or give us away. I heard Mark Batterson say this. I don't have his permission to use it, but I'm just going to walk out in grace and do it anyway. Underneath the surface of every broken one of us, is a masterpiece that can only appear when grace appears in front of us. If anybody walks away from the God and man thing, it will always be man and not God. He didn't... How do you know that, Tim? Listen, think logically. He didn't give his son to suffer, bleed, and die for ungodly people just to let go of those same people if after they come into Christ, still struggle through the ditches and the dirt of transitioning. We are in Christ. That means we are accepted. Good, bad, and really ugly bad. Snot ugly bad. His grace stays with us. Acceptance remains solid as we are coming up, up and out. Out. That's up and out together. Up and out of those things that he died to free us from. If anybody walks away from the God and man thing, if any woman walks away from the God and woman thing, it won't be God. He's bigger and more faithful than that. It's so demeaning to who he really is to think he'd walk away from us when he gave his son to suffer when we were ungodly. But instead he challenges us to believe another thing. And this is true. He wants you to know why he saved you. He wants me to know why he saved me. Here's why. So that. That's how you know. I like how the Bible answers those questions. So that. He saved us so that. Having been justified by his grace, 
been justified by His grace, no, mer no, er no merit, no earning, justified by His grace. It would be like if God said, hey, Allegheny County, anybody who goes to the place that I tell you to go to, just trust me, and you go and stand in there, I will accept you as if you've never sinned in your life. What if God said, I want everybody who wants to be accepted in front of me like you've never sinned in your whole life, go in, inside the building of LOH Church. Just for going to the place, following his voice, he will declare you what you're not, just in his eyes. In Christ is the location. I wish it was LOH. I just opened it wide again. But it's in Christ. Not in church. In Christ. In Christ. We are justified by his grace. And why did he do it? I love this. So that we might become, what's that word? Heirs. Having the hope of eternal life. Heirs? This is something that many of us struggle with. I struggled with this for decades as a Christian. We struggle with getting a grip on this. Am I really allowed to believe this? That I'm an heir of God? Is that arrogant or prideful to believe that I have a place at the table with the king? Heirs? Heirs. What kind of an heir? It says in other parts of Paul's letters, a joint heir. A joint heir means that you share the exact, say exact. exact. You share the exact inheritance as the one who is God's true heir. Jesus of Nazareth is God the Father's true heir. And when you're in Jesus, you become a joint heir. That means whoever it is. Whoever it is in Christ. It'd be like saying, anyone who comes into this church on Moss Avenue, you get the same inheritance that, who's the most richest person you want to have the same inheritance with, right? Just because you go to the place. I said it, trust my word, go there, and I promise you, you're a joint heir with. In Christ, we are not just heirs, we are joint heirs with Jesus. Grace joins us to his shares as joint heirs. Let me explain it deeper. When Cain murdered Abel, God told Cain that his brother's blood cried out for vengeance from God from the ground. When Jesus was crucified, our brother's blood cried out to his father, not for vengeance, but for justification of the sinner. The blood of Christ hit the ground and spoke to God saying, don't judge the ones who crucified me. Clean them. Free them. Liberate them. Accept them. Include them in my shares of your glory, Father. Come on, somebody. I don't know how we can sit down after that. I don't know. Oh, what great love that God has bestowed on us. What word can truly describe the amazing love of God for people that's offered to people who don't know what I just said? From one blood He made us. 
and he became one blood with us and shed that blood. Because we are of one blood, he loves us. And in that blood, he kinned himself to us, was nailed to a cross to prove the depth of his love and joined us in his blood, the king's blood, and were made heirs. We are joint heirs. The same inheritance Jesus gets, we get. How could we ever earn it? But you know what the best thing to do to honor it is to receive it. The best way to honor it is to receive it. The best way to honor it is if God loved us so much to do that, we must receive it by faith. That's how we glorify God. Not by pushing it away in self-righteous false humility. Michael Card, one of my favorite Christian authors and singers, in one of his albums, Matthew, the penultimate question describes it like this. To everyone that's lost, he gives a new identity that's grounded in the kingdom and a new reality. It's found in loving kindness and a mercy that is free. This is my favorite lines. You can become the child that you were always meant to be. Treasures of grace. The truth is God wants us to treasure our acceptance in Christ. And second and last, treasure your presence from Christ. Has anyone ever said this to you, or have you ever said this to anyone else? Can I ask you a favor? Listen, some of us, and I have, tr I have trouble with this, I don't ask for enough help. Anyone else have, have an issue? You won't admit it, you know, but maybe you're bold today and you will. Do you, have, do you ever have an issue with asking people for help? Do you have an issue asking people for, for, tri for favors? Hey, can I ask you a favor? But let me ask you this. Have you ever run across people that have no trouble asking you for a favor? <laughs> Someone comes and say, is this a bad time? And inside you're saying, it's a really bad, but outside you go, no, it's not a bad. Christians lie about everything, man. <laughs> We're liars, liars. How you doing? Oh, God's so good. Like you're dying and everything. You're half passed out. Ready to jump off the blue bridge. Oh, I'm wonderful. Hallelujah. God's good. Yeah, right. Liars. Can I ask you a favor? Listen. The truth about grace is that we should treasure our presence from Christ. You know what the greatest present is? His presence. Because although we reign with him, we are not in the it's all over but the shouting and the good. We are in a battle. Anyone realize that yet? We have tests. We have troubles. We have trials. We rise. We walk. We stumble. We fall. And that's just preachers. What do you mean by amen? No, I'm just kidding. You're right. Woo! We can get into mix-ups and messes. We can cause people to cry. We can cry. We have the challenge. Let me tell you what one of the biggest challenges of Christian is. We have the challenge to offer the forgiveness to others that we always want God to offer us. But we have the challenge of offering forgiveness to others when, mm, there's a whole lot of reason that you don't want to do that. 
I find it harder to give than to receive when it comes to things like that sometimes. That's why we need his presence. You know, it's impossible, impossible to do anything for Jesus Christ that will last past the act without the presence of God. You know, if you're in any church, if you're in a church that's nothing but warm, lovable fuzzball people, Hang around for 30 days, and you're going to realize you need the presence of the Lord. You know why? Because someone's going to do something to you that doesn't line up with your you're not supposed to do these things to me list. And they're going to be what you thought they were a Christian. I thought. So you need the presence if you work in the nursery, you know, you need the presence of the Lord. If you're a youth leader, you need the presence of the Lord. You know, we shouldn't even think just because we smile and we're cute that, that that's enough for guest services to make a kingdom difference. We need the presence of the Lord. If you're in the sound, if you're in the media tech sound, you need the presence of the Lord. Because you guys don't have any idea what goes on 10 minutes right before we get ready to start. Tech problems go, the devil comes and jumps in the soundboard. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And if you're in the praise band, how many of you know you 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 can be prayed up coming to praise practice and then someone hits the wrong note and whatever. You need to, hey, you need the presence of the Lord. If you're married, you need the presence of the Lord. All the, I mean, you can watch Andy Stanley Love Bug uh, Seminar all you want or whatever, but you still need the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you go to Walmart, you need the presence of the Lord. <laughs> we need His presence. We need His presence. Why do we always pick on Walmart? I haven't heard comedy, even stand-up guys, they're just ripping everybody. Come on, man. Walmart's awesome. Jesus made Walmart. We need the presence of the Lord for peace, for patience, for wisdom, for guidance, for strength. We need the presence of the presence of God. You know why? So we can give more away than we keep for ourselves. Because some of the people that need the oil in the wine, we don't naturally get along with them. And we need the presence of the Lord. Bless those who hurt you. Let me tell you something. That requires the presence of somebody that doesn't naturally live inside yourself or mine. Pray for those who have not prayed for you but have prayed on you. That requires the presence of the Lord. Grace appeared to all men, even the mean ones. Grace appeared to those who hate, malicious. Now I know Nancy Pelosi gets no grace, and I know Donald Trump, there is no way God could love him. Or Obama, or your mama, or whoever. There's no way. There is no way. Right? 
That's how me and the devil think. That's not how Jesus thinks. Grace gives us an opportunity to ask a favor. And you know what the favor is? I need your presence. You know what the Lord wants to do? Willingly pour out his presence on us. You know, because he knows if we're going to reign with him, we have to suffer with him. And you know, when we live in the presence of God, this is what makes the gospel attractive. If you read all of Titus, in all of these relational situations, and he's writing to a pastor in a place called Crete, and he's writing about the Cretans, and he calls them the crusty, corrupt Cretans. And he's living, this guy's trying to build a church in the midst of a bunch of crusty, corrupt liars. He, Paul says the Cretans are liars. So it takes the presence. That's what makes the gospel attractive, that he still takes our weaknesses he still takes our contradictions, and so we have to do the same thing. And the only way we can do it is to have his presence. A climate of acceptance only has real meaning if we tap into the presence of God, or we will kill the climate of acceptance in our church. But Jesus encouraged us to see ourselves as joint heirs with him. Look what he says to, uh, in John 16. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask as a joint heir. My father will give you everything you ask as a joint heir. You know what that means? That means when you ask in the name of Jesus, and it's some dumb thing that Jesus wouldn't ask, God isn't going to ask that just because you go, in Jesus' name. Yeah. That's not going to bring it. Volume in prayer isn't going to bring it. If you're Esau, you don't get the Jacob blessing, even though you dress up for it. If you're Jacob, you don't get the Esau blessing unless you dress up like Esau. And so God the Father can sniff and smell who's really asking in Jesus' name. But if we're in Jesus' name... And the spirit of abiding in him is changing us. When we come in his name, we can ask and receive, and our joy will become complete. Come on. Good. Life will get much more clear if we clear out of the way and allow the spirit of Jesus to take over the all in us on a more regular basis. He has given us his presence and if we live in it more and more, our struggles, our challenges, our battles from within and without will be overcome. But only by his presence can we overcome. And we are all in this together. I have to close. Look at this verse in Ephesians. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in. Where's the place? It's in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that. In the coming ages. Here's what God wants to do. You think, should I ask God a favor? Look what he wants to do. This is what the Bible says. So that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, he wants to express his kindness to us. Where? In Christ Jesus. Is there a limit to his kindness? Nope. That's not what it says. It says it's incomparable. A church community graced by the Father, the presence of the Lord, 
A church family treasuring a truth of being accepted so we create a climate for others to feel the same way. We give each other space because God in His grace has given us space. And we appear in the name of Jesus to one another. And in the world, we do. We left here uh, Friday night. I left here Friday night. One of the most, I'm gonna, I'll tell you something. Friday night here in the one night, I'm just telling you the truth. I haven't experienced the power of the, of, of the Holy Spirit like I experienced Friday night since I was at the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida. And I am not blowing smoke at you. I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in this church Friday night. Were you here? Friday night. The only thing that compares to it is, is a time I was at Brownsville at the, at the Pensacola Revival. That's the only thing it compares to what happened here Friday night. And I left here and drove home, and I went up Warrior Drive and, and Lashbaugh's uh, 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 pub, uh, tavern pub, whatever, is open. And there were cars. The only thing I can compare the amount of cars that were parked on Warrior was when our church used to meet in that little church up there. We had cars from one end to the other, both sides of the street, down past the dentist place, down past where the old sheets was, and we even had to park cars in the Boy Scout, old Boy Scout place. That's how many people used to come that, to that little church. And that's what it was like Friday night. And I thought, there are two places where people are celebrating something. LOH Church and Lashbaugh's. And I rode by there, and I didn't think it was wrong. I, I'm not down on any of that. But you know what? There are people that were here Sunday night. I don't know how they came in. Maybe they came in here thinking, I'm sunk, I'm beat up, I've had it. But you know what? You got it. If you were here Sunday night or Friday night, you got it. You had something when you came in. You took something else out. Huh, Holly? I saw you jumping around like a fool. I saw you. Me too, brother. Fool for Jesus. That's right. Celebrating. Liberated. Huh? Dancing in the presence and joy of the Lord. Yeah, man. Yeah. A climate of acceptance. You guys can come up. I love John F. Kennedy. I love the whole Camelot thing. On Kennedy's family boat, there was a bell. And on the bell, there was this engraved inscription, WWG1WGA. WWG1WGA. Kennedy had this inscribed on the bell on his boat. It said, where we go one, we go all. Isn't that cool? Where we go one, we go all. In other words, if you're a Kennedy, you are in the we. If you're in the kingdom, you're in it with me. I'm in it with you. Where we go one, we go all. That's true. A climate of acceptance. Would you stand, please? Look, Christ Jesus has opened to us the treasures of God's kindness. Believe it. Receive it. Ask for big things. Ask for big things. Because the grace of God has appeared. He calls everybody lost, undone, broken, bound to the treasure. 
He calls the lame. He said, go out and tell the, the crippled, the blind, the broken, that I have prepared something awesome and favorable in my father's house. Go tell them that you cannot out my offer of grace. Go and tell them that if anyone turns away, it will not be me turning away from you. It will be you turning away from me. The grace of God has appeared to all men and women, boys and girls, offering salvation to all, tenderly coming and honestly, God honestly telling us, turn from ungodliness and worldly desires. They're killing you. And come and live sensibly with me. Live freely. Live righteously. I will raise you up. He's offering today an ever-flowing, completely fulfilling fountain of love and kindness and mercy to those who are far away and to those who are near. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone watching by live stream, everybody that's here today that feels like they're far away from you. You've never been far away from them. And today in this room and today in live stream, I pray, we pray as a church family for every person that needs to get in Christ, that all the blinders would be taken off. All the lies of the enemy would now be muted and they would realize that that treasure is for them. No matter who they are, no matter what they think of themselves, no matter what others think of them, you are calling them into grace. May they run quickly. May they put their faith in you completely. Give them the grace to walk into grace. Those on live stream, I pray that you just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me clean. Help me to become a joint heir with you and know what that means. Touch me by your spirit. Those of you in this room, you pray the same prayer. Jesus, 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 come into my heart. Bring me to that place of the treasure of grace. And oh, church of Jesus Christ, we're doing a fairly good job, but we can always do better, not by our own effort, but by a renewal in the grace of God, a climate of acceptance. Where we go one, we go all in the name of Jesus. Let's sing about that. Let's seal that today in the presence of the Lord. God bless you.